Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and David and Zach. Zach, who just bought a new house. Congrats, man. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'm exhausted. Um, I'm kind of, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this episode. We're going to chug along. We're going to do it and uh, we're going to have fun while we do it. Well, this episode is we got a bunch of questions to plow through. Uh, so hopefully it should be fairly um I mean, it's not going to be an hour and a half long episode, I don't think, for your sake, Zach. So, um, <laughs> last last time was like an hour and a half, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so last time we did Droids One Hundred and One, we are um, we're going to basically do one of those for each of the factions, and then we'll probably do um, some kind of Two Hundred One, also at some point for each of them. Uh, so, if you were wanting to hear about the AAT or Cad Bane or BX Droids, um, that'll be in a different episode. And then we'll also do the other the other three factions in similar fashion, but we're going to intersperse those uh, randomly in here because we have a lot of other things to talk about. So first, some housekeeping. Um, uh, the Fifth Trooper store will be having a Fourth of July sale this weekend, starting on Friday. Uh, if you buy a six by four mat, you'll get a free set of sidebars. Um, so that's pretty awesome. That's like uh, what twenty five bucks worth of sidebars. Yeah, that's a uh, sick deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we're also sending out some Patreon rewards this week at the $25 level. Uh, you'll get a Scoundrel Silhouette, Scoundrel's VP tokens, the Surge Cola tokens, uh, a keychain, and uh, Fifth Trooper VP tokens. Um, also, if you've been a Patreon member for a year, at the $25 level, you get a free mat. So, and a t-shirt. So, um yeah, look forward to those. Uh, we have new Legion HQ live on the site this week. I'm sure we can put a link to that somewhere in the show notes. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, we're going to be doing some giveaways associated with that. Um, more details on that uh, next week. Can I just uh, cut in here and just say, like, I'm first of all, I'm in awe of the people that have stuck with us for a year. And second of all, Thanks to everybody who's who's a Patreon. I think it's super cool that we've we've come so far that we can send these rewards out to people. And thanks for being a, a supporter and listener and a community member. Yes, thank you so much for uh, you know helping support that we do this every week. And um, yeah, it's yeah, uh, freaking awesome, man. I like, yeah. Um, it's hard to believe we've been doing this for two years, almost two years. Yeah. Right, <laughs> it's going to be two years. Uh, what I guess this like September. Yeah, in a couple months. Yeah. Okay. We'll have to do something. We will do something special. Um, one more housekeeping item. Uh, we if there is an LVO, which um, you know, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the uh, uh the Rona situation is under control by then. Um, then we will be streaming it. We being the fifth trooper. So, um. That's a obviously a big if, but um, yeah, look looking forward to that. Should be fun. Um, all right, did I miss anything? No, it seems like everything. A lot of free stuff this week, which is always good. Uh, th- again, thanks to everyone, like you said. Um, but no, I don't think you missed a thing. Awesome. 
All right, let's launch into our main section. I don't know if there's a good drop for this because we're just going to like plow through some ask me anything type questions. We um, we put up a Facebook post if you want to check that out. Um, this is not the only week we'll do this, so you can add to the list. Uh, we're certainly not going to answer all of them. There's way too many, but um, we're going to plow through some of them. Um, so yeah, if you want to suggest questions, check out that Facebook post. You can always ping us on Discord also for topic suggestions and things like that. So let's just kind of dive into these. Um, question Uno. If you could play one other person from Invader League for the rest of your Legion career, who would it be and why? And you have to play them every day. This, this was Jay's question, just in case people were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> every day. Literally uh, every yep. day. Yep. I, 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 assume, I assume you're like gifted three hours a day to do this because I would never be able to manage it. But Okay. I mean, well, speak for yourself. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't really have a good answer for this. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't got something here. I feel like regardless of who who you possibly could be playing, like it's gonna get old after like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, so I think my criteria would definitely have to be like somebody that's like somewhat equal in skill level or better than me. Um, like on average, I I you know playing somebody over and over and over again that you like are just crushing into the ground is no fun. Um, but outside of that, I mean, everybody's great, so I, uh, I can't really. That's a very diplomatic answer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, you know. Dash is the Padme of the podcast. The Padme of the podcast. You know, if there's somebody from Star Wars that I was going to be, Padme is not the worst, man. She's actually probably higher up on the list. <laughs> She's pretty awesome. Yeah, so whatever. Um, I don't know. David, who do you, who do you got? Well, I I was I was thinking while you're answering that I have two like major criteria because this is sort of like auditioning people out of the Invader League for who's going to be my legion <laughs> my legion playmate for the rest of my career. Um, the two big criteria would be they have to have a love for the game at least as strong as I have, and then the other criteria would be they want to learn and get better right so I, as we like we can play for fun but like at some level there has to be a uh, time within the schedule to like test theories or hypotheses or you know grind out games well um, and a game every day for the rest of your leisure yeah you yeah there's gonna be plenty of time for that <laughs> let's, no, let's, say, let's say every week because that's a little more realistic okay that's once great. a week the third requirement is that at least at the beginning of this relationship, <laughs> they have to be better at <laughs> Legion than me. So if I had to pick any of the people that are better than me, um, uh, Kyle would be a candidate. Uh, R1H4 would be a candidate. Um, uh, there's a number of people out there who I could definitely like if I played a lot just with that person, I could certainly learn a lot about the game and how to improve. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I, I seem to have a, a pretty long list of requirements here. So, you know, 
I, I don't know. It, it just somehow turned into a it turned into like a, a dating thing. I'm not. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, I mean that's my answer, right? Like Kyle, you you obviously have a a, a love for the game, and, and you know at least you know think you know as a as a competitor. You know, Riha obviously has beaten me a ton, and I'm I know that I could learn more from him, especially on the math side of things, because I'm not a very strong person mathematically. So, if I could learn like that, and then I think you know, heck, it, you know, Luke Hook obviously would be, you know, someone who's way better than me, and someone who I could absolutely learn a lot from if I had a lot of time on the table with him. So, you know, there's a lot of folks that I could I could see you know, playing, you know, from Invader League for the rest of my Legion career. I don't, I don't know, Zach, what do you what do you think, man? I'm going to toss it over to you. <clears throat> All right, so for my Craigslist ad uh, to follow up on yeah. yours. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, my first instinct is to say Cirillo because he's my boy. Um, but in fact, I'm going with uh, Kodak. Uh, so Kodak's real name is Rich. He's actually a local to me. So uh, we could either play in real life or we could play on the computer. Obviously, we're, we've been playing primarily on the computer lately. Um, but the reason why Kodak would be who I'd want to play is that we are basically, we're from the similar area. So we have like the same mentality. And what I mean by that is that we crap talk each other, but we do it so lovingly that you know that if somebody's like walking by us and they hear us saying this stuff to each other, they know that we don't actually mean what we're saying. And to have that relationship with somebody is, uh, somewhat important when you're playing a game because you're playing this high competitive game while also saying some funny things uh, and people are actually understanding that you aren't being mean to this person. And so we're, we're basically like two brothers that like will bicker and it makes the game so much fun, but we also are pretty much, you know, very close in skill level in this game and how we theory craft the game. We play the same factions and, um, you know, some nights will be like, you want to bring jank and some nights will be like, you want to bring competitive. And, you know, we just kind of bounce off of each other. And I just would like to play. If I could play with somebody for the you know, once a week, it'd probably be Kodak. So my know? answer, yeah, I'm not going to overthink this one. I think it would be uh, Mr. Michael Berry, just because you're already essentially my practice partner. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we, we essentially already do this. We just, right. <laughs> we, we don't have quite the time to make it every day <laughs> right yeah yeah if, if we if we switch this question to once a week which is a little more realistic i think we we don't quite meet that uh meet that milestone but i don't think it would be super difficult um so yeah i think it would be you you also play all four factions or at least they're capable of playing all four factions so some nice variety um potential there so uh, and i would agree with the other criteria that you guys have laid out so definitely someone that you can learn stuff from and uh you know, is also, um, you know, willing to sort of explore a bunch of different combinations and stuff like that. So that is my answer. Well, thanks, Kyle. <laughs> I'm tearing up. That was beautiful. You're, you're my Craig's, you're my Craigslist answer, Mike. Right. I think it's very apparent that like Jay's master plan has come, come full circle on this question. He's like, ah, I'm going to get him to talk about dating. That <laughs> yep. Totally. <laughs> Um, oh, all right. Similarly, next question. If you had to pick one faction to play for the rest of your life, uh, what would that faction be? And what would the army look like? Ooh. 
Well, I'm not sure if the intention of this question is that it be limited to the, the you know the, the four factions we have now. If we're also talking about like hypothetical factions, interesting. Because part um, of the question is, what would the faction look like? Jeez, like so, like what would my ideal faction be? Jeez, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna stick with the ones we've got for now. Yeah. Um, I would really like to say Imperial, but they're, I'm not having a ton of fun playing them right now. So I would probably say Republic. Um, and not because they're overpowered. I know that, you know, people are like, oh man, they're the new thing and they're really good and do, 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 do. I just like, um, when, when I boot up Battlefront, you know, the thing that, that comes into my head is like, I want to, I want to be like a clone trooper, like in the thick of it, you know, shooting stuff. And like that to me is like the most Star Wars you can get. So like uh, that faction generally kind of, I don't know, just makes Star Wars very real for me. Um, It also happens to be very good. So um, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's my answer to that question. I would continue to play Republic. uh, since this game originally came out, I've always wanted to basically play like a like an army led by Mace Windu. I hope that we get there one day. Uh, and, you know, um, that would be what my ideal, you know, just Mace Windu and a bunch of clowns would be dope. This was an easy question for me. Um, Rebels. Done. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I've, again, like my introduction to the saga was through the original trilogy. Um, I really, I thought like you know Luke Skywalker and um, all the Rebel pilots really resonated with me. Um, when I was younger, I would watch the space battle scenes from Return of the Jedi and New Hope over and over again on VHS. So it tells you how old I am. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, so yeah, the Rebels have always resonated with me. Um, and I would just play them and I'd, I'd probably play Luke. I could, play, you know, anything, any Rebel fact, any Rebel stuff, you name it, I'll play it. Period. I wish it was that simple for me because I'm like you, David. I grew up on all those and, and I love Luke Skywalker. Um, but I'm going to go the Dash's route and go with Republic here. Um, just because of the opportunity that he also spoke of is that, and I also like the Clone Wars TV show. And I think of like the grittiness of like the actual Clone Wars that we actually haven't seen. And I'm kind of hoping that someday we get like a, a Clone Wars like movie, like a spinoff movie. That's like kind of like Rogue One, but Clone Wars, or like you take the scene from Solo on Mimban and you just make it Clone Wars. And it's just like, you know, straight grit and you're in the trenches with the clones and, just you know shots are being fired and you're really in the thick of what star wars really is because it's actually if you think about the galactic civil war was never really a technically a a war right um it was just a band of rebels getting together trying to fight the empire um so i'm gonna go with republic and i would say that my army is going to consist of jedi whatever jedi i can get in my hands because they're just a lot of fun um so i mean right now obviously it's obi-wan but that's where i would probably go is with republic so my initial gut answer to this question was Rebels for similar reasons that you said, David. Um, 
you know, they appeal to me the most thematically. They have a lot of interesting characters to pick from. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Separatists. Uh, I was a 40k orc player, um, and not just because they're like a horde army, but I also have sort of always enjoyed the kind of like implicit, uh, you know, not taking themselves too seriously kind of feel that the army has. And I feel like Separatists are the same way, particularly with like the person at the... Uh, you know, a little bit like bumbly personalities that the droids have. Um, I've always appreciated that and like the character of an army. Uh, <clears throat> plus they're super fun to paint. Um, and also easy. <laughs> and thirdly, uh, they're a way to get dark side force users without quite feeling like you're the bad guy. So, uh, all right. What is your Legion guilty pleasure? What, unit do you play or use even though you know it's not good this is easy this is super easy right like there's there's one answer for this it's got two words in it starts with dar and ends in ader (laughs) 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 almost a bit but i didn't want to be rude i'm like man is he going the darth vader route or am i gonna be rude and like in uh, and offend mike by saying that (laughs) Um, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, if he was, if he was the bee's knees, people would be playing him everywhere, right? That's just kind of what it is. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think easy Darth Vader, end of story. People should play him more. I think he's better than what people give him credit for, but he's certainly not like, you know, he's not Luke, um, either version (laughs) um so yeah um hands down darth vader no questions asked for me let's see guilty pleasure uh man (laughs) rebel officer that's a guilty pleasure (laughs) unit for sure um fleet troopers there you go fleet troopers and chewbacca together as a group um, or any basically any range two, any of those range two rebel units that don't thrive on a three by six, those are my guilty pleasure units. And I'll still play, I'll still try to play them on a three by six, and just try to come up with some gimmicky situation where it somehow still works. But uh, you know, I don't know. They've been in my case too long, and I need to play them again. David, steal my thunder because my answer was actually Rebel Officer Fleet Troopers. So, so Fleet Troopers, no. Rebel Officer, <laughs> with, with E-Gear, mind you, to get over barricades because they can't get stuck behind something. Okay. So. Do you also happen to enjoy LARPing as an evil Sith Lord? Because I played Palpatine the other day, and that was actually really fun. No, I haven't, but it, I, I'm not going to lie. There's been so many times where I'm like, oh, i got to play Palpatine, and I've never done it. And so when I heard you doing it, I'm like, oh, it sounds like fun. Yeah, do it. Do it. It's like, do it. <laughs> we <laughs> need to qualify good. this because because Palpatine can't be a guilty pleasure because he's definitely pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Good. That's fair. He's good. Yeah, uh, he would be my answer if he was less competitive. But uh, <laughs> I think even now he's still very good. <laughs> but man, he is so fun to play. Um. Yeah. Uh, so, what are you should be? <laughs> I think. Mine, yeah, so, I think mine is Wookies. Yeah, I thought so. Um, They're I, so uh, fun. They really are fun. I love their theme. Um, I actually, uh, before Worlds was um, canceled, I actually was practicing with them in a semi-serious list. 
because they're decent against Tauntauns. And I was trying to find a Rebel list that didn't have Tauntauns that wouldn't get mauled by them. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's Wookiees. I've uh, I've always enjoyed Wookiees. Um, I like that they're kind of like a uh, just mechanically they're sort of like a do everything linebacker unit. You know, their primary limitation being their range. Um, but they're super they're super durable um, when they're not in the open. Uh, and uh, yeah, they can handle close range threats very well. So I just I just love Wookiees thematically speaking. So I think it would be Wookiees. Um, what has been your favorite model to hobby paint? Hobby and or paint. Man. Uh, okay. I don't really paint. <laughs> um. <laughs> What's been your favorite model to prime? Jeez. Right. <laughs> um, I think my favorite model to paint has probably been Bosk. So I've, I've painted all my Imperial characters with the exception of Iden, so I can at least go there. I, I do think Bosk was fun. Um, and I painted him in uh, SU colors. So he's blue and orange. Oh, his, his gear is blue and orange. He's still, like, green. Um, but, you know, he's wearing, like, a blue and orange jumpsuit. I'm from Syracuse, for those of you that don't get that reference. Um, and so, yeah, I enjoyed that. He came out very well, too, so... Um, I think maybe maybe to a more answer this question a little bit more pointedly, I don't think I have a super favorite model that I've painted. I my favorite thing about painting thus far has been I think I've progressed leaps and bounds um, since I started Legion. Um, you know I played Lord of the Rings um, and still do dabble a little bit. Um, before this and like the quality of my models has gotten much much better I still can't paint white for the life of me um, but that's I guess that's how I'd answer um, repeating an answer from a second ago um, I'm so proud of myself that I painted my Wookiees with ginger hair <laughs> I, I used like a red brown and like an orange wash and then I dry brushed like this pinkish orange and then like made it even higher with like a dark yellow to get like the silvery kind of strands you get in red hair. And um, they're just, they've just been so fun to paint. And uh, it's like the only model I've ever had used for an orange wash. So I have this bottle of, of it's called Fugan Orange. It's just sitting in my case. It's never been taken out again. But um, yeah, so, so those were fun. Um, the swords were nice because you could do like, you know, I have like blood for the blood god technical paint. So I use that on like the, the blades to do blood. Um, it's one of the only models that you actually need like, you know, melee weapon paint skills for that isn't a lightsaber. It's like <laughs> they actually use metal uh, swords. Um, the other one that I had the, a lot of fun with, I have three variants of the rebel officer mini. So I have like an, a variant with an orange coat for fleet troopers I have a variant with a brown coat that goes with the generic rebel troopers. And then I have a variant with a white coat that goes with veterans. So I have like one for each style of rebel core that's in my, in my army. He's a cool model. I, I, I love painting him. Um, he wasn't necessarily my favorite. Um, kind of like to, to circle back on what Mike said. Um, progression has been like a, a main thing for me. So my answer currently is K2SO, um, mainly because 
I tried some new techniques or, and I'm starting to highlight a lot more than I'm used to. And I'm starting to understand how to highlight more. Like I always knew what highlighting was, but like when you start applying it for like the first time, you kind of look at yourself like, wait, what am I doing? This doesn't really look like, and you're trying to blend and, and do all these things. And in your head, you have this idea. And then when you finally put the paint on the model, it's not coming out together. And K2 started coming together for me with the highlights. And so, and he's awesome. Like that model is just cool. Um, I don't know how you can make, I've seen a lot of models without the, without the gun pose. I don't know how, because I think the gun pose is like the coolest pose. And um, he was just a joy to paint because I just took like five colors, mashed them together. I'm like, this is either going to look great or it's going to look horrible. Uh, it worked out and uh, he's just a cool model. How about you, Kyle? Uh, so for me, it is, it is a, a tie, I think, between the T47 and Sabine. Um, the T47 was the first model that I like actually tried to properly paint with an airbrush beyond just priming and stuff like that. Um, and it was also super fun to weather. I tried some weathering techniques that I hadn't used before, um, with like rust effects and stuff like that. So that was really fun. And then, uh, Sabine, just for all the freehand on her graffiti and stuff was a very different, um, as soon as I learned that she was a thing, I was super excited to paint that model. So those are my two. Um, what has been your favorite venue to play at? So favorite convention venue, I guess. Favorite convention venue? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go off the rails to start. Uh, my favorite venue is Huzzah Hobbies, hands down. It's not close. Um, we get tableside service. We literally get food brought to us and beer. Uh, so that's my favorite venue. Uh, if we're talking about conventions, uh, I think my favorite venue probably is Adepticon. Um just because of the atmosphere there's so many people there there's i don't know there was so much star wars at adepticon last year um it was really awesome uh yeah definitely not pax unplugged though just to be clear (laughs) red pax unplugged yeah just so we're just so we're getting it all out there. Uh, that's where I stand. Uh, I gotta say Gen Con by a mile. Like, not that I hate anything about the other convention spaces. I feel like Gen Con is like the the seminal convention, right? It is so huge. It is full of people. It, it you know, like everywhere you turn, there's something that's like new, exciting to look at. And it's not just the ICC, which is massive. It's the surrounding hotels, Lucas Oil Stadium, like all the stuff that surrounds it. So it's it's like it's like um, board game, tabletop gaming, Disney World, like comes to earth for a weekend <laughs> and then departs once it's, once it's over. But it's just such a it's such an incredible experience to to go to Gen Con, and if you've never gone, I highly recommend it. It's it's just um, to me, it has no parallel. Um, yeah, it's so it's so fun. And then like for Legion specifically, um, the, the 
obviously the concrete floor, I lose the concrete floors, but you have so much room in, in hall E it's, it's just really nice to play there. Is there any direct correlation to that being your favorite? Cause you won there or no, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I went to it. I went to it the very, okay. So the first year, right. was the first maximum firepower. The first time I went to it, I was working a booth. So I was there um, working for cascade at the time. So I went there um, for a different game, but I, I went to that hall. I snuck out on my lunch breaks to talk to the players and take pictures and write a blog article back when, you know, Yavin Base was a tiny little blog. You know, no one knew anything about it. This podcast didn't exist. Um, but that was like my first experience of Gen Con was working in the booth and then going to the, see the, to the tournaments. I was like, oh man, I should have registered for the tournament. I should have just asked for the time off to do it. And I should have gone and played. But then, you know, it kind of set me up to come back next year. And um, it, I mean, it's so nice to be a player, but it, it's, it's, I don't know what it is. It's something between, you know, LVO is great, but LVO is smoky. Adepticon is incredible as well. But there is just something so grandiose about the setup with Gen Con. And it's so encapsulating that I think it just, it just, it's, it's got to be my favorite. Um. I'm a convention rookie. Uh, I've only been to LVO. I've never been to anything else. Um, obviously, I was going to Adepticon this year, and we all know what happened there. So LVO is my answer by default. But to be fair, LVO is great. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Um, I kind of wish I got the cast with you guys. I decided to judge, uh, which was a lot of fun too. Don't get me wrong. Um, but uh, that said, um, I think the best part about LVO is honestly hanging out with everyone rather than the game itself and i'm not saying that other conventions aren't like that but there's something about lvo because it's vegas and you can do a lot of different things um you know and you can drink while playing. Well, I, I think other conventions let you drink but i don't know some about vegas just makes it a little bit different and i also got to carry ed in a body bag uh into the into the convention hall right where dashes uh you know destroyed him the day before so i don't know <laughs> if it's kosher to walk into a Debticon with a body bag but in las vegas anything kind of flies so, um, so, so for me, it's, it's, it's LVO. I feel pretty confident the Adepticon staff would not have let you in. It's a little bit of potash. <laughs> <laughs> like, it wouldn't have been close. They would have stopped you at the door, but like, turn around, leave. What's going on here? Uh, well, uh, so our friend Mike Barry uh, killed him yesterday on the table, and uh, we bagged and tagged him and brought him back today. <laughs> but um, yeah, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd probably be in like the Chicago jail for <laughs> That's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, they would have let you in, but then like 15 minutes later, uh, some police officers would have approached your <laughs> location. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna second Mike's endorsement of Huzzah. Um, the table service, uh, their chili is surprisingly good, um, and I don't mean that as a backhanded compliment. Um, you know, the tables are like all that perfect height um, where you don't have to lean over. So uh, that's my that's my first. If we're not talking about conventions, if we are talking about conventions, um, I'm gonna cop out and go with the Nova Open. Um, I know that. As far as Legion is concerned, um, you know, certainly with the terrain and stuff, there have been some issues with those tournaments. But just as far as like the pure convention is concerned, uh, that was the first convention that I went to. Um, 
and there's just a lot of nostalgia there. Uh, you know, I get to hang out with all the local guys when we go there, including my friends that don't play Legion, um, you know, seriously. So uh, I think for me, it's it's Nova Open, just as a pure convention is concerned. Um, <clears throat> all right. So what list do you play for fun? No tournament prep, nothing on the line. You're just messing around in your garage or at your local store. We we play for fun. <laughs> <laughs> this game is fun. That's a foreign concept to me. It is fun. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, I the answer to this for me is anything. Uh, I am, I I have I own every model in this game, so I like to try and you know uh, if I'm at home and just like playing casually with local people, I will. I'll ask them what they want to play against a lot of the time. I'm like, hey, what do you want to play against today? And they'll tell me, and I'll put something together kind of off the cuff. Um, so, yeah, I don't th- I don't have, like, a go-to, I don't think, um, if, if we're talking strictly for fun. I've tried to make Darth Vader so good so many times, but those were all, like, competitive-esque endeavors, so... Um, yeah, anything, literally anything. Uh, for me, Leia Chewy veterans with fleets. Maybe Leia Chewy Han with veterans, and do like a zero pip uplink thing with the vets. Get that fire support rolling. Basically, like any sort of hoth themed list that isn't tauntaun does include tauntauns. Because, I, I mean, I just love the concept of the veterans, first of all, like, I, and their models are great. And I, I really do think the CMO is underrated. It just it just gets completely outshined by the T21, but uh, that's another subject. But, yeah, I mean, it's some sort of Leia Chewy Rebel Core-centric list that incorporates veterans would be my answer. This is really difficult. Um I'm going to give two answers. Uh, I'm going to go with one. It's going to be Jin, Cassian, uh, K2, and Triple Pathfinders because I've played it a couple times. And it's just a lot of fun just infiltrating a lot of things in and kind of like just reenacting Rogue One. Um, and uh, spoiler alert, my fleets died just like the movie. Um, <laughs> but um, I think the real answer might have to be um, some variation of Flyboys because I love having Luke and Han on the table at the same time um, just because of, like, I grew up on both of those characters. You know, I don't know if it's competitive now, so I guess it's considered fun. Um, the, the game's kind of evolved since then. But Flyboys would probably be the actual answer for me. What about you, Kyle? Uh, I would say, um, sorry about the barbecue, which is Han, Chewie, and three Flame Arties. <laughs> because Flame Arties are just so much fun. Um, that list only has one mode, but it's a really fun mode. And uh, it either works or it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's my answer. I, I think Han is super fun. Uh I think flamethrowers are super fun. So yeah, it has everything. You're you're basically like Ramsey Bolton's army charging at Jon Snow with like the cavalry being the ATRT flamers, and you just hope that you survive. <laughs> whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa! First of all, 
Ramsey Bolton should have won that fight, and it's not close. But isn't it, isn't that like the primary like point? Like it's he should have won, but he got destroyed. So like, it, hey, like spoiler it, alert. Come on. <laughs> spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, all of us have, have watched like, all of you know Game like, of Thrones. All right, yeah, but uh, but I'm just saying like the list kind of functions kind of like how that battle went. Some of us are actually <laughs> waiting for Dance with Dragons to find out what happens because we don't have HBO. <laughs> well. Hopefully it's different. Yeah, I second that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Can I just I mean, throw one more list out there. Sorry, sure. I just want to throw one more out there. Um, Leia, Chewie, double fleet, double Wookie. Oh man, that's a lot of. That's bears. a list. That's a list. Yeah, um, I got crushed by Bosk and Saboteurs the last time I played it, but it was super fun. They almost got away with the box. They were this close. It's really cool to have like 12 wounds carrying a box. I'll just say that much. Yep. That does sound fun. I love Wookiees. Maybe I'll have to try that. Yeah. Uh, All right. So there's a couple of um, actual tactics questions on this list. Uh, This one's from Kyle Allison on the Facebooks. Uh, go more in depth about unit timing and what actually makes a unit timing neutral. Are we are we still going in order on these? Yeah, we're still going in order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, our process has been revealed. Everyone knows. <laughs> um. So, what makes a unit timing neutral? Uh, I would say. To me, so so I guess we need to qualify this, I guess, in two separate ways. First, I think timing neutrality is very dependent on a unit's position on the board. Um, I think we could talk about it in terms of position. I also think we could talk about it in terms of list building. Um, I think the question is maybe more geared towards list building. Um, so, I mean, I, I would say that anything with the general power level of a standard core unit is generally pretty time and neutral generally that's like a good rule of thumb i think um so anything that's probably more than 70 points probably is not maybe 75 would you guys agree with that yep yeah for sure yeah yeah. So uh, if, if you're putting something in your list and it costs more than 75 points, I would consider it not timing neutral. Now, there are things that like definitely make it not timing neutral. Um, for instance, if you've got like some a squad with a medic, like you want them to go last. If you have a squad with, bun- you know, like the hands out aim tokens, uh, you want it to go first. Anything with like spotter or take cover or um, like calculate odds um you know you want those units to go earlier because otherwise the tokens don't do a ton right um it's kind of weird because the all the units with those abilities tend to be themselves sort of timing neutral but but their abilities lend themselves to wanting to go earlier in the turn so um yeah, I mean, as kind of like a short TLDR on that, I, I mean, that I'd say if it's more than 75 points, it's probably not timing neutral, um, and you should 
look at leveraging it. And, and I guess uh, position also means a lot to that. You know, if, you, if you've got a unit in an exposed position and it normally is timing neutral, it's no longer timing neutral. It matters a lot when that unit goes. Um, so uh, also conversely, if you have a unit that is in an advantageous position but could not be in an advantageous position as the turn progresses, it is also not timing neutral. So um, that's a little bit... I mean, I think we've talked about that in an earlier episode, like way long time ago. Um, maybe we should revisit that, but I think that might be outside the scope of this question. Uh, let's see, what makes a unit timing neutral? The, the first thing that comes to mind is range. Um, if, you're, if you're able to engage from far away without moving, then you have a lot of options about what you could shoot. And it may not be particularly important what you shoot and when. Uh, for example, a rotary ATRT that isn't being threatened by any impact is generally what's considered timing neutral because it's going to aim shoot no matter when it comes up. And it's not an important unit in the list necessarily. It is a damage dealer in a list that it's in, but if you lose it, you're probably not going to lose the game because you lost one RT. Not really going to affect you that much over the course of the, the, the battle. Um, I guess the other important factor is what is the unit being threatened by and how, uh, how big of a hit would I take if I lost it? So for example, like Luke doesn't want to go early because he's going to get shot a bunch if he goes early and, you know, exposes himself to the enemy fire and then they all shoot him and he takes a bunch of wounds and it's like, well, oops, I just took a bunch of damage. I could have avoided if Luke had gone further down the line. Um, the other, the other thing is like, okay, so now the turn, a new turn starts and you have the same problem. Like, where is Luke? Is he about to get shot? What do I need to do to move him away? That's an example of a unit that's not timing neutral. Um, similarly, like speeder bikes, tauntauns, fast units, stab riders, for example, they need to get their damage done and then leave because they are not going to survive if they get shot. Chances are. I mean, tauntauns, you know, whatever. You can engage in melee, have dodges, steps, likewise have dodges. Again, you're still vulnerable. Speeder bikes also, because they don't have that agile keyword. And they also suffer a lot of uh, degradation the more damage they take. That's another factor for whether you want to go with the unit first or not is whether it would degrade significantly if it got shot once. Um, so if a speeder bike unit goes down to one miniature, it's suddenly shooting half dice. Same with a staff rider, same with a tauntaun rider. Um, so those are all just, you know, some, some criteria for defining what unit is timing neutral. I'm going to, I'm going to go full meme here. Um, Morpheus from the matrix. I'm going to go, what if I told you, um, what if I told you that I agree with everything that both you and Mike are saying, and I don't know if quote unquote, a unit is timing neutral. It's actually more about the game state in the board. Um, I, I like you build a list and you say to yourself, and you could possibly say this to yourself, this unit will be like a timing neutral unit during my game. Like most, all right, let's put this in an example, right? You look at snipers, 
and we talked about point cost and snipers, right? Strike teams. You say to yourself, that strike team is going to be generally timing neutral. When I pull a sniper out of my bag, it's not going to matter as much as if I pull the commander, which for the most part is true. However, you're going to have those games where you need a sniper to take off like a unit leader on a box or something late in a game before they have to move around the corner. So at the start, like you guys have said, at the start of the game, that units, know, you know, they are neutral, but now they're so important to what your army needs to do in that specific scenario, which makes me say, I don't know if any unit is technically timing neutral. It's just all about the board state and the, and the, the fact of like what's going on in the game. Now, to dive in on Kyle's personal example is that he put Binox on Stormtroopers with a medbot. Um, and that kind of gave him the pause that he had a unit that wanted to go first while also wanting to go last. Uh, you know, some tools to the, to that, what I would say is obviously put the Binox on a different squad and maybe you can build your list to have like Krennic and DTs. And this is something I haven't seen in a while, but I still think it's very good is you have the DTs relay their order to the medic squad. Um, because those DTs are getting their their order from Krennic with Entourage every round, right, basically. So if you relay to that Stormtrooper squad with the medbot, you have full control of when that medbot can heal what you're trying to heal. And that's like such a good tool that I haven't seen used in the Empire quite recently. And I think that has a lot to do with points, like they're running out of points, you know, due to Shores being in a lot of lists. But it's such a good tech, I believe, that the relay into the medbot to make that unit you know, be timed correctly. What do you think, Kyle? Um, I actually, um, so David brought up a good point as we're, we have a chat going here as we're also talking verbally. Um, units, and, and this kind of piggybacks off what you're saying, Zach, in that like no unit is truly timing neutral sort of in, intrinsically. Um, like there are units that are more likely to be timing neutral or something that approximates timing neutral. But, you know, uh, the example here is like, if you have, if your opponent has an exposed unit that needs to die, basically anything that can shoot at that unit is no longer timing neutral. Even if it's something that would normally be like a core unit or a sniper. Um, and I think, I think this kind of makes, uh, the broader point of like, there's, there's no such thing as like something that is purely straight up timing neutral. There are just some units that are more timing neutral than others. Um, and to kind of summarize, because I agree with pretty much everything you guys have said, uh, to summarize, um, you know, what you've said, I think there's like essentially three things that uh, have to do with the quality of a unit that lends itself to being more timing neutral, and that's durability, range, and cost. Um, Cheaper units, you know, are more expendable, so they tend to be. Uh, it tends to be less of a deal if they're exposed. Durable units, you know, they're going to get hit less hard if they're exposed. Um, and then range means that they can do their thing without being exposed. Um, and then the in-game state thing that has most to do with the timing of a unit is positioning, which you guys also hit on. So um, I know that's a little bit of a cop out. I think I think having played both Palpatine and Separatists kind of supports the theory that nothing is like purely timing neutral. You know, snipers are a thing that are kind of referenced often as being quote unquote timing neutral. But um, I think if you had perfect order control, most of the time you would have your snipers go early in the turn 
especially if they could line up good shots on opposing units, right? Because you want to dish out that long range suppression. You want to pick models up off the table. Um, so while you're like less sad, if you pull a sniper out of the bag late, than if you pull like, you know, an out of position unit out of the bag late, um, you'd still probably prefer to go early with that sniper rather than late. If you, if you had like the option of perfect order control, which, you know, separatists often do. And like Palpatine does on his entire Legion turn. And, you know, it's super common with Palpatine, just as an example, to play entire Legion on a turn where you're sort of in that like range four to five engagement range. And then you just go back to back to back with all three of your snipers at the start of the game. Um, you know, and you can often set up a shot where you kill like three or four models from a single unit. And then you go with Palpatine and pull the strings and essentially have like a fourth sniper. And I've, I've actually wiped core units that way. You know, if my opponent is like fishing for tokens at the beginning of a turn. So, you know, while in that example, like snipers are notionally timing and neutral, if you had a choice, you would still, you know, you would still go in a specific order. Um, so a little bit of a cop out there, but, um, <clears throat> all right, uh, next and, uh, we'll, we'll, we can close on this one, uh, cause we're running up against time here, but, uh, this one is from. I apologize, Chris, if I'm mispronouncing your name, Chris Ferno. Basically, he wants um, some help building an Iden list. Uh, so, uh, actually, I'm going to start with Mike because Mike, you are the Iden expert. So, what what advice do you have for someone looking to build an Iden list for a tournament? Um, so, I think that right now, the the best advice pre a few things. Uh, so, number one, always take Dio. I see a lot of people not taking Dio. Um, uh, I've played a lot of games with Aiden. I maybe maybe there's a world where you aren't supposed to take take him. I haven't found it. Um, I think Dio with with Aiden is pretty much a mandatory upgrade. So let's start there. Uh, the second thing is that um, you know Tax Strike is definitely abusable, but it is no means something you have to build around if you have Iden on your list. Like, th putting three snipers in your Iden list is fine. Um, I think that Tax Strike... Tax Strike generically hands out four order tokens. You're already getting a ton of value just by tossing down four order tokens on, like, an Assault turn. Um, and I think, specifically, um, you can... Like, if you just hand those out to short troopers, like, that's totally fine. Like, triggering target is on, it might not be as good as gaining steady and tactical, but it's still pretty high up there. Um, so, um, I, a, a lot of the stuff that I've done has, and, and I have to kind of also mention Mike Cirillo here, because he definitely has been theorycrafting some lists uh, around Iden too. Um, Basically, I, th I think Iden, the place where you want to start is Iden Veers. Um, and I would probably take th three snipers or two snipers and Death Trooper unit. Um, and, I, and I would start there as your core. And, and as far as core troopers go, I would probably also uh, toss two short troopers and two mortars in there. Um, you can Your tax strike turn can be, you know, Iden, short trooper, short trooper, DT. You know, you still have two units with tactical and steady, um, and your short troopers get free aims. Like that's still really good. Um, so I, I think that the the issue that 
people are running into with Iden based lists generally right now is way less of an Iden issue and way more of an Imperial issue um, in that they're just having some trouble generically right now. Um, but I also think people have like really migrated away from short troopers and I'm not sure why. So um, I would definitely put short troopers on the table and Iden lists. They're really good. It's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah, I'm gonna second that. I think um, if I were to run an Iden list right now, it would be Iden Veers with a bunch of shores and three snipers. Um, I, I think it's possible to overthink an Iden list, like you said, and try and get a bunch of value out of tactical strike. Um, but I'd much rather just make sure that I have enough meat in the list first, and then worry about trying to capitalize on tactical strike after that. Um, I think like the double death trooper Iden lists, you know, where they're, well, they're great on that tactical strike turn, the rest of the game, they kind of suffer from lack of models on the table, um, you know, and they're, they're super vulnerable to pierce. So, um, especially cause you often can't fit um, like medics in a list like that. Um, so yeah, I would go Iden Veers, like you said, I'd probably do triple sniper, but I think you could also do a single death trooper with two snipers and then fill it out with short troopers and mortars. I'm also in the Iden Veers camp, uh, by a mile and I'll just keep it short. Um, Veers two pip is eminently replaceable in this list and Iden has two, two pips go figure. Right. Um, and you can actually run a list like that without tactical strike at all. You can go coordinated fire or discipline and just run a bunch of uplinks on the shores with comms techs and be sailing. Yep. Get yeah. a lot of value out of discipline there. Good. Um, sure. I hate to be boring here, but I agree with the, the Veer's Iden concept. Uh, David, you kind of, you kind of stole my thunder again tonight. You son of a, <sighs> um, but what I was going to say is, is that Veer's two pip doesn't fit here. Um, you can honestly make your opponent guess whether you have push or incapacitate. And I haven't, all right. So obviously I don't play Imperials and I probably never will. So I can't really give you the best advice here. However, I've seen a lot of games through Invader League so far. And what I've noticed in a lot of Iden lists is that they're, they're like too stuffed. And what I mean by that is I don't know if I've seen incapacitate used once yet. Uh, Let me be screen. clear, I, just because because I think it's absolutely nutty. I one of the one of the main reasons you haven't seen incapacitate is because there hasn't been a ton of people taking Dio. It's blowing my mind and it's making me go bananas. And incap incapacitate is her best card. You know, you probably you probably know the list more because you did the stream, and I've been so busy I haven't really looked at them. Um, so yeah, lack of Dio is crazy to me. Um, I think like you know, like you said, I think you staple Dio on, but incapacitate. Uh, you know, just I haven't seen it used and I'm kind of like petrified of seeing it used against me because I've never seen it used. So when it finally gets used against me, I'm going to like just like kind of be like, oh, crap. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those cards that like you can prepare for, but you can't even you can't change the outcome of the card, you know? The, the only way you can change the outcome of the card is if you kill her pretty much. Um and yep, <laughs> I, I mean, like that's just that's it is what it is. She's pretty and, darn like, tough, so that's not. <laughs> yeah, not it's, easy. It's, it's difficult, and and like if if you play incapacitate at the right time, it often wins you the game. Like it's it's that good, you know. Um, you can use it like if if you incapacitate in often the right turn to do it is turn six. Um, though 
there are other turns that it can be good on for sure. Um, but like that is a card that is there to like interact with messing up your opponent's objective plan, right? They're like, oh, I'm I've got enough actions to like get exactly one more unit on this key position than you. Eh, shut it down, right? Like, and it just it's just over. No questions asked. They have to find a different route to victory. Um, you can just shut down a box carry. You can shut down somebody that's trying to, you know, break evaporator. You can shut something, somebody down that's trying to, you know, run into a breakthrough zone. Like, it, it is an objective-oriented card that will win you the game if you find the place to play it. And it is absurd. See, all those points you just made made me nauseous thinking about, so... Yeah, so I'm kind of well, glad I haven't seen it yet because the time that it happens, I'm just gonna be like, no, and I'm just gonna like want to just throw up everywhere because I'm just like, you just didn't. I'm trying to score the KP and you shut me down. Yeah, it's, it's, rough. it's similar to I am a Jedi in that it completely takes away choice from your opponent. Yeah, right, and it's yep. in. There are very few effects in this game that actually do that. Yep. Yeah, it's like you know um force push is great for its ability in situations like that to kind of like move a unit away from the place that it needs to go to score an objective but in that situation at least the unit can still do like something else usually um incapacitate like you can't do anything that unit just doesn't get to do anything it doesn't get to go um (laughs) if it's a core unit and uh you know mike and i have played a lot of games with (laughs) Iden. I've been on I've been on the ass end of this um, more times than I'd like to admit, and it's 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 easily her best card. Um, I think I'm I'm with you on that. How many times have you been on the end of it? More times than I'd like to admit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think the term was ass end of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well. Um, We've got a couple streams coming up. Um, I'm facing Mr. Luke Cook <laughs> this week. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be super fun. Um, Luke is Luke is a great opponent. He's 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 a great guy to play. But yeah, it's um you know the world champ playing arguably one of the best lists. So <laughs> not looking forward. Well, to so don't sell yourself short here. This is literally a rematch of the world's finals last year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't. So, I don't feel as good about the list matchup this time. Sure, uh, but yeah, that's yeah. you're not wrong. Um, we also played in the bronze match last Invader League, so um, yeah. I think this is the earliest we've met in any tournament across from each other. Is this is this a round of eight match or a round of sixteen match? Technically, sixteen. Six, <laughs> yeah. Wow, that is yeah. early. It is. <laughs> One of you is going to go home now. Is kind of insane to me. Yeah, when 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 I looked at the bracket, I was like, "Oh man, if I want to get past round three, right? <laughs> so we'll see. It's uh, um, yeah, that's on Wednesday. Um, are you streaming that one, Mike? That is the plan. I think David is going to join me. Um, okay, at least, awesome. At least for uh, a couple hours. Um, yeah, I'll come. I have to. I have another commitment that evening on the West Coast. I'm telecommuting back to uh, work at night, so I won't be able to. Uh, stay for the entire thing but i would love to come co-cast with you mike on this exciting game that is worthy of a finals absolutely yeah it should be super fun i'm looking forward to it um yeah 
we'll see how the we'll see, it's going to be a separatist versus uh versus clones so very thematic also um are you playing you're playing uh, rebels this this week right mike uh, yeah i'm playing against rebels uh we have tentatively scheduled the game between me and florf the dwarf for the top this is a top eight match uh for friday um and uh yeah i mean we'll see how how that goes um like i think we're looking at like friday at like eight or nine um east coast time uh it's clearly july 4th weekend so that may not end up happening but we'll hit that time but we'll figure it out um that is definitely when we're considering it presently awesome well you guys got anything else to plug uh not at this juncture no all right well let's uh let's land this plane uh we are the notorious scoundrels i'm kyle i'm mike i'm david i'm zach and uh, if you got some questions for us, check out that Facebook post or hit us up on Discord, and we'll see you next week.